Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Limitless Being Podcast. I am Danielle, your host, here to be a guide for you on this journey of life. This is a space cultivated with the intentions of connection, vulnerability, spirituality, limitless knowledge, explorative conversations, loving guidance, and so, so much more. I'm here to spread love while activating freedom within the collective consciousness. I'm a digital nomad and entrepreneur and a magnetic spiritual being here to help you activate your power to cultivate the life of your dreams. This container I have created is an incredibly safe space for us to have these conversations which lead us toward liberation, acceptance, and radical love of self. If you have found this podcast, it's by no accident. You've been guided here because there's a part of you who's ready to stop making excuses and live the life you've imagined. So join me here every Thursday. Welcome back, everyone. This week's episode, I'm going to be discussing plant medicine, their effects, their benefits, ceremony, magic, and so much more. So I really am bringing this topic up because I'm about to embark on an adventure into the jungle of Colombia and sit with ayahuasca for the first time. And I want to discuss plant medicine, its increase in notoriety and popularity, um, its benefits, the different types, and how I've worked with them and been called to work with them myself. So let's start with ayahuasca. Ayahuasca is and has been used for hundreds and hundreds of years as an alternative form of healing. That's why I have my podcast and my business that I started years ago to provide the tools and the space for people to heal and change for the better, but through alternative options, options that are rooted in ancient traditions, options that are rooted in ancient wisdom, options that reconnect you back with nature and the elements, right? As opposed to somebody that thrives in therapy and with medication is not going to be somebody that thrives through coaching and alternative practices and vice versa, right? Somebody can go to a therapist and it just does not work. Even if therapy is continuous for years, I know many people where they hit that ceiling when it comes to traditional therapies and modalities, traditional meaning um, modern, right? So I have never been that type of person that has thrived in therapy, has taken medication, um, you know, enjoys going to doctor's offices and having doctors visited visits through modern medicine because they're not looking at the root cause, right? They're not op- they're not offering options that are going to provide you root cause healing or provide you actual healing. It's more so how can we, how can we superficially cause the symptoms to go away instead of addressing where the symptoms are actually stemming from. And so that's why I get in and have gotten into all of these alternative methods of healing and helping others to heal and coaching others to heal themselves. And the evolution has been through nutrition, yoga, exercise. And as I have evolved through my healing journey, 
my practices and my interests have evolved as well. And so plant medicine is, ayahuasca in particular, is known to be 10,000 hours of healing in one session. And one session can be anywhere from eight to nine hours. Now, you might be thinking that's absolutely crazy. And it absolutely is. Um, To most people, this is not going to be something that resonates with you. This is not going to be something that you're drawn or called to or feel like you need to work with. And that's absolutely okay. It's important to note, like I said, it is not for everybody. And as I'm preparing to go on this journey, I'm realizing that I am more ready than I have ever been in my entire life. And this medicine itself has been calling me for seven years. And so I'll go into more of my personal story a little bit later in this episode. What I want to talk about is the benefits, the fears that come up when doing this type of work, the programming, and how you know if you should look in this direction. I want to prompt this conversation with the understanding of, I'm not recommending this to anybody. You will know if you are supposed to work in ceremony, if you are supposed to do this type of healing work. And if you do feel that inclination, know that you should talk to, if you have a therapist, Or if you are on medication, talk to your psychiatrist, talk to people in your life, um, people that know your medical history, that have been supporting you for an extended period of time, or find a coach that knows what they're doing and knows what they're talking about when it comes to preparation and integration of this type of medicine. It's not something to very, in my opinion, it's not something to find or hear about, and then immediately throw yourself into a ceremony. It's something to sit with, research, feel into, understand, get curious about, get curious with yourself, call on the medicine, the spirit of ayahuasca, and ask if you even have permission to sit before you do. And for you, that could take a couple of months. For me, it's taken seven years to get to the point where I feel like everything has perfectly fallen into place and into alignment for me to do this. So there is no rush, my love. (laughs) There is no rush. I know this is such a buzzword right now. Ayahuasca, plant medicine, psychedelics, we are in the era of consciousness increasing rapidly on this planet. And so a lot of us are being called back to reconnect with nature, reconnect with these indigenous ancient practices to root us back down into that oneness, to look for or to connect with source, with God, to remember that we are source, we are God, we are an incarnated form of source and God itself. But sometimes we just need these tools, especially growing up in modern society Um, where we're so disconnected from our environment, we're so disconnected from this planet, sometimes we need these tools to help us, to assist us. They are not the cure-all. They are not the end-all. You know, 
I'm not going in with expectations of like, oh, my life is going to be completely fixed or changed or whatever it is that I'm seeking, right? They, they are not a crutch and they are not something small. It's a really big commitment to do a journey like this. So, and it's, it's really, really supportive and really effective, um, for many people that I've talked to and listened to expressing their experiences. However, again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a therapist. I'm not telling you to go do it. I'm simply providing some information, my experience and my story as to why I am sitting with this medicine. So listen, get curious, write some bullet points down. If you have questions, connect with me on the social media platforms so I can continue to talk about these topics. And like I said, yes, they are seeming to be buzzwords right now, but that it is, that is because we are being ushered into a new way of being, a more connected way of being. And psychedelic experiences offer a removal or a disconnection from the human ego, which we so overly attach to in Western and modern society. And it reveals to us a deeper understanding, a deeper knowing of maybe who we are, of maybe what we are, of maybe why we're here. And it gives us a broader perspective so that we're not just walking self-focused on this path of life. So ayahuasca, also known as yahe, also known as kapi, is a plant that you can find in the Amazon rainforest. The psychoactive ingredient is DMT. And yes, DMT is a psychedelic. It does and has been known to make you trip. And there's many, many forms of dimethyltryptamine. It can be found in powder, powder form. It can be found from a toad. <laughs> and then, of course, it can be found um, in the form of the ayahuasca brew, which has been rooted in indigenous cultures in Central South America and used for healing, for healing of the mind, for healing of the body, and for healing of the spirit. And so ceremony lasts about eight, nine hours, and you don't exactly know what you're going to experience, but you go into ceremony with the intention, your own personal intention. The shamans are there. They're helping you. They're assisting you. My group personally, there's only about five, there's only going to be about five to seven individuals, which thank goodness, um, compared to my peyote experience a couple episodes back in Costa Rica when there was about 80 to 90 people for my first ceremonial experience with plant medicine ever. And you go in there with your intention and you're guided and then you drink the tea, the brew that comes from the ayahuasca leaves and vine. Um, and then you will ex start to experience about 30 to 60 minutes into the ceremony. I've been told all of this by 
through my own research and through listening to people's experiences and also through uh, conversing with the shaman and the shaman's wife that I will be working with through the weekend. And about 30 to 60 minutes in, it hits. You start to experience something, whatever that is for you. I think I continuously keep saying, you know, whatever that is for you, because everybody is going to have such a significantly different journey. And so we are such unique individuals, right? We come from, we all have our own incredible histories. We all have our own traumas. We all come from an interesting family dynamic. We all have had different interactions growing up in different places all around the world. And so, of course, you know, and our soul has a very specific history. So, of course, this is going to be so unique for each person. I've heard people not experience anything. I've heard people have an orgasmic experience, which was shocking when I heard that. I've heard people, um, you know, go transcend the physical realm in totality and transcend time and space and go into the astrals or shoot through space or shoot through the galaxy. Whatever grandmother is what they call ayahuasca, whatever grandmother ayahuasca wants you to experience, she will make sure you experience. We are not in control. That is another really big reason why people, um, why people want to sit with medicine like this or, you know, have some sort of mind blowing psychedelic experience is to surrender to the fact that we are not in control. I think a lot of us in the States, and I am right there with everybody as I speak this, I am not coming from a place of righteousness or better than at all. We all have our own shit. doesn't matter if you're a coach, a healer, doesn't matter what you do. We are human at the end of the day. We all have our own shit. And it's really, really a really common understanding or let's say mindset to want to be in control of our lives. I just saw a hawk right outside my window as I'm saying this. <laughs> uh, strength. It is a really, really common mindset to feel like we have control, we should be in control, we want control, we desire control, right? What does anxiety come from? For me, anxiety comes from not being in control of certain outcomes, not being in total control of the environment, right? This was me in the past when I had debilitating anxiety that led me to panic attacks. Not being able to control someone's perspective of me you know, not things not going my way 100% of the time. And this, this previous desire, which is still semi-rooted in me, it's a lot less powerful these days, which I'm really grateful for. But this desire to control everything outside of myself comes from a previous inability to control my inner world, my inner chaos, my inner emotions. I've always had really big emotions. You know, I've always been an incredibly sensitive being. Um, 
and it's a gift now that I know how to work with that. But that desire to control my environment comes from a desire in the past to have that controlled inner environment. And I think we all have the desire to control for many different reasons. But if we were to break down all of those reasons, the root of that desire would be because of fear of something, right? Fear of not being enough, fear of not having enough, fear of whatever you're lacking internally can be manifested in your behaviors as a desire to control something externally so that you fill that void for a moment, but that void continues to grow until one day it's inevitable that you have to face the deeper issue. And so that control, that fear prompts so much anxiety for us in this world, in the States in particular, I'm obviously speaking of my, you know, where I was born, my country, what I've witnessed in the States versus other countries that I've traveled to. We are, the Western society is rooted in fear and lack mentality, which is only inevitable to breed a rampant increase as we've seen in depression and anxiety. And so some of us turn to traditional therapy, some of us turn to journaling and meditating, some of us turn to EMDR therapy or um, going to a psychologist or medication or whatever we can, right, to try to understand. Some of us don't turn to anything, some of us turn to books. And I think what we're starting to see now is that these modern approaches aren't working anymore. And some of us are so desperately sick mentally, physically, so desperately ill, so desperately unhappy, so desperately unfulfilled because we are choosing to explore all options. And we start to realize that as we explore these alternative methods like plant medicine or going to a coach or hypnotherapy or subconscious working or shadow work or spirituality, right? And the rise of all of these things, we start to realize that they work <laughs> and they're rooted. They're rooted in hundreds, if not thousands of years of practice. So why am I trusting this medication that I have no idea what the ingredients are? My doctor just said it would work. And so I trusted him, even though I don't know anything about his background. I don't know anything about, you know, his education. And a lot of doctors are also programmed to believe that there's only this way and there's no other methods. So we go down that route, the traditional medicine, the, the modern medicine route, the, you know, big pharma route, only to get worse and worse and worse. Or we try something new. We try breath work. We try meditating, even though it's hard at first, even though it's difficult. We go in the direction that feels more uncomfortable where there actually is fear because there's not a lot of 
education around these types of things. But if you're to dig deeper, if you're to go online, if you're to research yourself, if you are to look into these modalities, like I said, you realize that they're rooted in ancient history. And there are so many success stories. And it's not going to make you more sick. Right? It's from the earth. It's a medicine that literally exists from nature. It's here for us to use, to cleanse, to clear, to break through our egos, our masks that we hide behind. And so the ceremony is, I don't want to prompt too much of what I believe it is, but I do know at the end of it, I'm going to come out different. I'm sure that I will have many changed perspectives. I feel, and I don't want to attach to any outcome or have any sort of expectations. But as far as my ego goes, my ego does have wants and desires. My soul is like, you know what? At this point, we're going to receive exactly what we're going to receive. And I, and I truly believe that that's the best way to enter the medicine circle or the best way to enter ceremony, healing ceremony of any, ta- of any type, um, is without expectation and open, open to unlimited possibilities. And so that's my higher self. She's like, it is what it is. We'll see what it is. You know, um, my heart's excited. My heart's open. And then my ego does have its own desires. And I kind of marry the ego and the higher self to find a cohesive intention for ceremony. And there's two ceremonies over the course of four days being there. And so my ego really wants to work on healing, of course, from previous trauma, previous heartbreak, betrayal, this betrayal wound that runs really, really deep within me and within my lineage. Um, It's ancestral. I want, I desire, the ego desires as a human, right? I desire more clarity around where I'm going, essentially, how I'm moving forward. And to soften into my feminine a little bit more and figure out how to create everything that I've already created within my life and within my business from an empowered feminine state instead of a overly masculine state, because I'm still kind of in that, in that transition of not needing to be overly productive all the time, but also wanting to be a powerful creator from the masculine and from the feminine and how to continue to bring both of those sides of me into, in, into union within myself. And ultimately just 
cultivate a deeper, a deeper sense of self-love, you know, a deeper sense of, I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to look a certain way. I don't have to express a certain way. I don't have to be a certain way in order to be loved. I'm not a burden. I'm beautiful and perfect the way that I am. And to not just say that and feel it on some level, but to feel it with my entire being and my entire body, it is never a fleeting feeling for me. So there is preparation for this medicine. You have to prep anywhere from one to two weeks, no alcohol, no uh, red meat. Some places say caffeine is fine. Others say not so much. No um, sexual interactions with others or with yourself. No processed foods. You have to really start detoxing your body because once you drink, you do get nauseous. You either purge vomit or the opposite um, or both or neither, right? Again, not prompting anyone's experience, but it is a potential. So they really, really recommend this cleansing process for more for Westerners because in the States, I mean, our lifestyle is not the healthiest and our diet is definitely one of the most unhealthy diets in the entire world. And that's a pure fact. Um, not to mention our, the pesticides and the GMOs and the chemicals in our food systems, what we feed and inject our cattle and our, the animals that we get our meat from. So they really, really recommend us going through this cleansing process of cleansing ourselves internally, which starts with the diet, right? Getting moving a little bit more if that's not something that you do consistently. Um, and then cleansing the mind and the spirit. So removing social media, removing distractions, not watching too many movies or too many shows, not implanting negative things into your mind, but implanting positive things into your mind and creating space for you, for you to slow down prior to ceremony and journal and reflect and connect with yourself. And so many of us have such a difficult time doing that and it's like that's what these ceremonies are all about is connecting you more deeply with yourself so of course taking these steps to prioritize yourself and your well-being prior to ceremony is essential to how your experience is going to go so Let's talk a little bit about my story and what led me to this point. As I said a little bit earlier, I have never really seen benefits or resonated with the energy, with the practices of consistent therapy. I've been in therapy. I've worked with therapists. I have seen benefits then, but as far as long-term um deep wound healing and removal of trauma, talk therapy just wasn't it for me. 
and medication, never been a fan, right? I'm somebody that in the past, um, up until a few years ago, I struggled with debilitating anxiety and also bouts of depression. Um, I really don't like to label it that way, right? I have a different view where it's like, okay, but what, how was I taking care of myself then? And so when I was having the debilitating anxiety, I had unacknowledged and repressed traumas or things that I had yet to work through. When I was dealing with depression, I was drinking a lot. No wonder, you know, alcohol is a depressant. Um, I wasn't taking care of my body. I wasn't moving my body. I wasn't doing any of these things that help you to feel better mentally, right? And so when I look back at the points in my life where my mental health wasn't great, a lot of that had to do with my relationship, my relationships, the people that I was connected to, people that were influencing me, how I was taking care of myself, I wasn't. Um, was I getting sunshine on my skin? No. You know, all of these things that are essential to our mental, mental health was my diet. My diet was terrible. My gut health was terrible because my diet was terrible. I hated vegetables growing up. You know, it wasn't until I was 19, 20 years old that I started eating healthy and started seeing a complete turnaround of my health mentally and physically. And so I look back and I'm like, okay, yeah, I had versions of anxiety and depression. And I did have panic attacks because I was working three jobs, being a full-time student in a shitty relationship. You know, the inputs in my life were not good. And I was outputting way too much. Um, I was giving out and giving away and doing way more than I should have been doing while my mental and physical health health was not being nourished with a proper lifestyle. Does that make sense? So yes, I've experienced, I like to say symptoms of depression and symptoms of anxiety, and I've experienced panic attacks in the past, but I truly believe that those are all prompted, prompted from my, you know, lack of self-love and lack of self-care and lack of positive support in my life. So now that I'm here in this place, I've worked with plant medicine before um, a couple times, peyote, psilocybin, which is mushrooms. I have worked with mushrooms a, a few times. And if I'm being honest, almost all of the psychedelic experiences I've had have been incredibly insightful, no matter how difficult they were. They were incredibly insightful and incredibly healing because they showed me perspectives that I needed to see in that moment. Whether I was ready to see it or not, it doesn't matter. Whether it was easy or hard to digest, it doesn't matter. They were beneficial for me. And they are the reason that I am part of the reason, a big part of the reason that I am still here today doing what I'm doing. They're the reason that I've been able to heal. Um, a big part of the reason that I've been able to heal. They're a big part of the reason that I have a higher consciousness and that I'm on this path, on this road to enlightenment. You know, without these tools, I don't think I would be where I am today. And I truly believe that. Again, doesn't mean that it's for everybody. But for me, it was necessary for my evolution, for my healing and for my journey. And so... I'm finally at a point because I said a little bit earlier, 
I started to look into ayahuasca and hear about ayahuasca about seven years ago after I had a near-death experience when I was 20. Um, that's in one of the first two episodes. I started hearing about ayahuasca. I started, my entire perspective started changing. My focus started becoming more spiritual. Um, my practices started changing. I started looking into hearing and researching ayahuasca, DMT, LSD, psilocybin. However, I had never been able to find the space that really felt right. And I have not felt like I was really in the best place to do the medicine until now. And I say that because I think when I first started researching this medicine, I think I was coming from a place of fear. And sometimes we don't recognize in the moment, oh, this is fear. But I look back with the awareness that I have now and realize like I was so scared. I was such a shattered, broken individual. I was such an, I was in such a dark, dark period of my life that if I would have done it back then, I don't think I had the trust within myself to really look at myself in the way that these medicines prompt you to, right? They're showing you your subconscious. They're showing you what's beneath the surface. They're, they're breaking through your masks. They're showing you memories or parts of yourself that have gone unacknowledged or shamed or, and it can be the complete opposite, right? It can be the opposite of that. But from my experience previously with plant medicine and with psychedelics, that's how it's been. It's, it's like this, it's been this shadow work of, Ooh, this is what you're not acknowledging. Ooh, this is what you're not healing. This is what you need to look at. This is where you need to go. And like this guidance and it's scary and it's hard and it can be dark, but in the end it was essential for where I was. And you know, where I'm at now, I look back and I'm happy that I didn't sit with this medicine yet, because this is more of, this is more intentional and it's more sacred and it's more intense from what I've read and what I've heard. It's more intense. I've never done DMT before. Um, so I am walking into a completely new environment, working with a completely new medicine and not really knowing what to expect and making sure that I am not focused on expectations, but focused on the presence and what's coming up in each and every moment that I am there. And so there's multiple different types of ceremonies you can go to. Some of them are just very casual and you can drink the medicine and dance all night and like, woo. And I just, for me, psychedelics are very introspective. They're very introspective. I'm already an incredibly introspective person. Um, but to go drink and to be dancing around, that just doesn't sound possible for me. There's the types of ceremonies where, um, you know, you're just doing it, doing it casually through the day. There's types of ceremonies where you're taking the medicine and you're sitting and you are 
focusing on your intention and then you're just closing your eyes and working through the cleansing that is happening for you. And that's exactly what I'm doing in my ayahuasca yahe ceremony. They call it yahe in Colombia. Um, some places say it's the same. It's just ayahuasca. Other places say that it's called yahe because it's um, ayahuasca and the chacruna plant mixed together turned into a brew. Um, some people believe that it's more masculine than ayahuasca. Others say, no, it's the same. So uh, my my shaman and his wife, it, they have said that it is uh, ayahuasca with the chacruna, chacruna plant. Um, but they said that the effects and the benefits are no different than going to just sit with drinking ayahuasca. So I'm really, really excited. I share all of this because I want to be honest and open and vulnerable about my experience. And I also want to educate you on potentials that could help you, that could help you to heal. Because if you heal, if I heal, if they heal, we heal the world together through owning our traumas, through owning our darkness, our shadows, our shame, our heartbreak, the parts of ourselves that we don't want to love, that desperately need it. Through this work, not just in ceremony, outside as well, we, <clears throat> we can really change the way that we're living in this world. And I think now more than ever is when we need to be doing this type of work. And so vulnerable shares. How have I been feeling leading up to ceremony? In all honesty, I've been celibate for the last six to seven weeks. And prior to that, I was celibate for four months after the whirlwind, the whirlwind of a relationship in Costa Rica. Um, and I broke that vow of celibacy in, when I was in the States briefly in between like October and February um, with somebody that was very special and that's absolutely okay. Um, and then when I moved back, when I moved out to Columbia, which is where I'm at now, I decided to recommit to that vow. And not having a masculine energy in my life continuously validating me and telling me like how great, how beautiful, whatever, how powerful I am is brand new. I'll just be honest. It's brand new. It's um, trying to find the way to <laughs> word this properly, but that has been something that my ego has always been good at is having a boyfriend or attracting a mate or attracting a man and getting that outsourced validation from them. And so it's been a detox process for the last almost two months of not having that. And I realize that that's something that's going, that's, it's really cracking my heart open because I'm becoming so aware of the areas that I was lacking but were easily covered up or distracted with having 
a love in my life. And so I do feel like I'm slowing down. I'm resting more. I'm not drinking the coffee. I'm softening into my feminine. But as I do that, you know, I'm also becoming well aware of these wounds that I've done some work around. I've done some healing around. But obviously are going to be poked at, if not completely ripped open (laughs) in ceremony. Um, And so being as energetically sensitive as I am, I feel that unfolding already happening before even being in ceremony. And so just being easy with myself in the fluctuations as I prompt and prepare before I throw myself into the fire, you know, before I embark on this journey that could literally change my life forever. 10,000 hours of therapy in one night. And there are some fears, right? Like what's, what's going to happen? Who's going to be there? How is it going to feel? What are the energetics going to be like? But I choose to not feed them. I choose to acknowledge those fears and not push them away, but ask them to just be patient. And there's no point in worrying because we don't know what's going to happen. So any blessings, any prayers, any love, so welcome. I will definitely be doing an episode that goes in way more detail um, with a guest, way more detail around these medicines, around these plants, the scientific research behind them, the evidence of proof of healing, anxiety, depression, physical health ailments, um, I will be providing more and more information and also my results, you know, my experience um, after next week. So all the prayers, all the love, welcome. And if you are curious about doing something like this, if you have been quote unquote called to step into ceremony and to heal, And you'll know that you have a calling because you will feel your heart urging you and pushing you to do this. You won't really have a choice. It's this full body sensation when you hear somebody talking about this or when you hear a podcast or when you hear the word itself, you will know if the medicine is calling you. And if it is not, please do not force or push yourself into doing it. It is not for everybody, but if it is for you or you're feeling that urge or you're feeling curiosity bubble to the surface, please reach out. I am so happy to chat with you. I'm happy to talk about more in depth about what my process has been to get me to this point and my pre-ceremony process and what my post-ceremony process is going to be like for integration. That is such a key, by the way, integrating the wisdom and the education and the experience and the downloads and the healing that you gain from something like this. 
It's not about going from ceremony to ceremony to ceremony to ceremony. No, that's spiritually bypassing. That's bypassing your healing by going to other realms through a medicine, through a drug, through a psychedelic experience. So if you are curious about this and you want to connect, please do. So, so excited. Um, Next time I'll be back talking about my experience. I love you guys. Have a beautiful rest of your day. Um, If you want to connect with me on social media, at danielle.limitlessbeing on all platforms. And please go follow the podcast. It's at Limitless Being Podcast on Instagram, on uh, TikTok. And, you know, you can find all of my links there. If you're looking to work with me, if you're looking to get curious more of what I do as a coach and as a healer. And if you like this episode, please like, subscribe, share with somebody that you think it will be beneficial for. I love you guys so much. 